Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360's Tennessee Power Hour is back. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Coming up later this hour, we'll discuss the Tennessee Volunteers as they prepare for kickoff on Thursday night. A lot to discuss today for the NFL cutdown deadline to get to 53 on the active roster. The Titans had some flexibility with their 53 because they have, what, nine players, I believe, on the COVID-19 reserve list. They do not count. Those players do not count against the 53-man roster, which the deadline was at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Therefore, there are players that remain on the 53 roster that will likely be cut or waived from the 53 as players return from the COVID-19 reserve list. Players like Ryan Tannehill, for instance, where Matt Barkley and Logan Woodside remain on the 53-man roster as it sits right now. Paul, the biggest surprise, guys, the biggest surprise, Des Fitzpatrick. Uh, He is cut as a fourth-round pick for the Titans this past April. He's no longer a part of the Titans roster. Now, once he clears waivers, if he clears waivers, they could re-sign him to their practice squad. But, man, does this decision speak volumes for how much they value a fourth-round pick at receiver, a player they traded up for, when you consider that they had nine extra spots to hold players back and not waive or not cut at this given time, uh, while other teams are putting together their practice squads right now, while other teams are making roster decisions and waiver claims. The Titans went ahead and put Des Fitzpatrick in that list, said, claim him if you want him because we have nine extra spots with the COVID-19 reserve list. We're not going to use one of those spots on our fourth round wide receiver. Yeah, seemingly only one wide receiver decision left to make. They, they parted ways with Mason Kinsey and with Des Fitzpatrick today. Racy McMath is on the COVID list. I would think that Racy McMath is out once he's healthy. Um, Cam Batson, Nick Westbrook, Akina safe today. Um, and so they may have basically made their decisions at wide receiver today. Other positions still not decided. They have six safeties right now. We were having trouble finding the fourth, Hutton, when we discussed it. A fourth, a fourth. Byard, Hooker, Crookshank, Farley, McDougal, Breeze, all on the roster right now. Six is too many, even if you're going deep there for special teams five would be considered and i mentioned this yesterday now mcdougald and on news channel five i have mcdougald on my final roster i have them iring crookshank which could happen tomorrow crookshank spends more time in the trainer's room than he does in the locker room and he has to make the 53 in order to go on ir recall to be eligible to be recalled during the season he's been working on a side field with julio jones as as recently as last week um I, to my knowledge, he didn't practice today. Um, so w- with that in mind, he's, he's a candidate for injured reserve. He's on the 53, and you could save a spot by IRing him and recalling him later in the season, and you don't have to necessarily release another player when a player comes off the COVID-19 reserve list. So that's one spot that makes sense. McDougal stays. Breeze is interesting. I didn't have him on my 53. No. Um, and it's clear that they, they don't think he would clear waivers if they cut him right now. Special teamer, uh, you know, but, but I, I think it's a struggle to get him active on game day on the 48 right now. Yeah. Another spot that they've put off a decision, Jeremy McNichols, uh, th- that COVID helps them put off a decision. Jeremy McNichols is on the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, Sergeant is on the roster. Now, once McNichols is healthy, they have to decide which one of those guys, if they're keeping one of those guys. And it would appear the roster shape right now suggests they are keeping a third running back, four with glassing game as the fullback. They're going to keep one. When McNichols is healthy, we find out which one. So I'm torn on the Des Fitzpatrick decision. 
I'm, I'm getting concerned about how nonchalant John Robinson is with draft picks. Um, the Isaiah Wilson thing was a complete just fumble from start to finish. But the common line of thinking would be fourth-round pick you traded up to get, the kid could have a rough training camp and you're going to keep him. He's going to make the 53-man roster. So when he doesn't, that's an odd decision to make. But also the flip side of that would be, well, at least he's not stubborn. At least he's willing to make a pick and not stick with his initial impression of, of trading up to make that pick and is okay admitting a mistake quickly and moving on. I'm a little bit torn with that, but I'm leaning on the side of don't trade up and lose draft picks to get a fourth-round pick at receiver, a position of need that you later cut because, as Paul said, he's not tough enough. No, that I'm you not found saying that's quickly. the only reason. I mean, he wasn't productive enough is the number one thing. In training wasn't camp. wasn't consistent enough. You traded up to draft a guy in the fourth round, and in training camp – he. There's no level of production training. There's something else going on. I, I'm well, buying more well, than a couple things. He's that not went tough on. enough. One of the things is, and look, I'm not cutting Robinson a break. He's got to draft a guy who's good enough in the fourth round that makes it not a question that you keep him. But you also brought in guys like Marcus Johnson and and Chester Rogers, who I think no none of us would have said the odds are these got both of these guys have great camps and make themselves indispensable, and you're going to want to have them both around. So Robinson hurts his own draft pick by finding two other guys who have really good camps and make it clear they do deserve to be on the roster and where your sixth or seventh wide receiver spot typically would be a developmental guy who you weren't worried about contributing. You now have guys who are better than, clearly better than. Well, let again, me, let me I'll go back. Uh, let me hang on. I'll go back to what I said when you were in Tampa. That, that argument would hold some water if he actually ranked up there with those guys. Yeah, he doesn't. There are eight other receivers that were better than him, not just Marcus well, Johnson Westbrook and Chester Akina's Rogers. better. Batson's better. That's the issue. Yeah. And they traded up to get him. Here's what they're telling us without telling us. They're okay with another team claiming him. Otherwise, they would have used one of the – they effectively have a 62-man roster they right now. They could have stalled it. They could have stalled this while other teams set their rosters – and again, there's no guarantee that another team wouldn't claim him or on waivers anyway. I get that. But again, you, you make decisions, you throw everybody out in this batch of wide receivers, Chad, and Destin's Patrick's one of them. But let's rewind and what they were telling us in April to what they're telling us now. You draft a receiver in the fourth round based on traits. You trade up to get him based on traits. The Titans knew then that at Louisville, Des Fitzpatrick ran a lot of go routes. He ran a lot of, a lot of nine routes. He ran a lot of deep posts. It's not hard to go figure that out just by watching what Louisville did and what they asked him to do. They didn't ask him to block all that much, although the Titans will tell you they value blocking in a receiver almost as much as catching the football. That's right. They just drafted a wide receiver who did not block in college. So they traded up for that guy. They pair him with wide receivers coach Rob Moore, who is known for developing talent. They, that's why Nick Westbrook-Akina is on this roster. He is a, a, a young talent that they have developed over the last couple of years. He's on the 53-man roster, the 62-man roster, however you want to look at it. What they have just told us is that Des Fitzpatrick is not worthy of sticking around Rob Moore another day. He's not worthy of being developed any further if another team decides they want to claim him. They're not going to save a roster spot right now and use it on someone else and, and try to protect Des Fitzpatrick as one of those bonus roster spots for the next couple days as teams set their rosters around the league. A, a player that they traded up nearly 20 spots for, traded two other picks as well as the fourth round pick where they had to move up to go get him at what, pick 109 or something. They have said, you know what, the last four months we've seen enough. He's not physical enough. He doesn't block well enough. He hasn't developed well enough with our wide receivers coach who they tout as being a, tel a talent developer, and he is. He's done a nice job as the wide receivers coach here in Tennessee. They have just told us, without directly stating, that Des Fitzpatrick simply was not good enough. And put Marcus Johnson ahead of him, put Nick, Nick Westbrook-Akino ahead of him, put Chester Rogers ahead of him, put Cam Batson ahead of him. The list goes on and on. Their fourth-round pick, who they drafted on traits, did not have the traits necessary to stick past August. So that is a miss. glaring issue. Another miss. I'd and, bet and a hundo. No for I'd it. bet a hundo if I could on Fanduel that he'd clear waivers. Do we think 
to at least save some face, even if they don't think he can develop, they put him on a 16-man practice squad to give him some time with Rob Moore. I do. Sure, but what they're saying is if another team chooses, so be it. If another team claims him, so be it. I don't think there's any chance he gets claimed. Well, see, everyone looks through the lens of the depth of the Tennessee Titans at the position, and that's very difficult to do. I wouldn't look at it and be like, well, he's, on, he's not a, a top seven wide receiver for the Titans. No one's going to claim him. We are not too far removed from a team that barely had four wide receivers here in Nashville worthy of making a 53-man roster for Ken Wisenhunt's group. I mean, they were terrible. Yes. They were scouring the waiver wires the same way the Titans should be doing for their offensive line on the interior right now, looking for guys. So a guy that's cut here in a deep class, that, that means that they're pretty good with some tough decisions that were made. And uh, that also means that there could be a team out there that was willing to put a fifth or a sixth round grade on Des Fitzpatrick that hasn't seen him since April, that sees a healthy wide receiver, that sees a guy with straight line speed, that values catching the football over blocking, that may be willing to claim him. And the Titans are telling you right now that they're okay with that. He wasn't a top 62 player for them, let alone a 53. He wasn't a top 62 player for them. Well, Matt on the YouTube chat says, can't have too many misses like that, but luckily the rest of the class looks good. Are we thrilled about the rest of the draft no. class this year? No, Dylan Radins doesn't look good. He's a backup Dylan Radins, guy. bad. Second-round pick. Farley's Caleb not Farley, ready yet. Very shaky coming off very the injury. Green. He hasn't played in two Very years. green is a great way to put it, Hutton. Um, I mean, let's, let's go down the list. Uh, Brady Breeze. Uh, I'm trying to think well, who else Brady they drafted. Is a, Brady Breeze is not, you're not expecting, a sixth rounder is not going to be anything special. Monty Rice. Monty Mon- Rice, they love. I don't know why. Rashad Weaver looked good. Yes. Rashad Weaver had um, one big Rashad Weaver and Elijah Molden are going Rashad to be Weaver their two contributors a, from also has a legal issue. Molden's going to be good. I, here's a big picture question for me with, with J-Rob and his scouts. And this sounds funny to put it this way, but do they rely too much on film? Is there not enough research done into the person, into their attitude, into their person? I feel like this is such a film-centric scouting staff led by John Robinson. They saw something from a traits department on film from Des Fitzpatrick. But we're getting reports from Paul that part of this was a toughness factor. Not all of it. I think so. Part of it was a toughness factor. Uh, the Rashad Weaver gap that we talked about that they just didn't know about. Oh. Maybe, maybe nothing. No, a part of it is a tough. A big part of it is a tough, tough, toughness factor. Look at what they said about Cam Batson after the third preseason game publicly and what they didn't say about Des Fitzpatrick at any point. I mean, the complete opposite ends of the, the praise spectrum in, regarding to, uh, in regards to toughness and durability and mentality for the position. Well, Cam me, Batson's on the roster. And let me address this, too, because Matt's saying, oh, you guys are done with uh, Farley and Raidens already. Give me a break. It's sort of, we're not done with him, but you're saying you love the draft class. No, there's no Let's way Let's cut him that. some slack because we love the draft class. I'm not going to love a draft class until I'm all in on the first and second round pick of a draft class. That's the way a draft works. But, you go top down at but, that point, and we Titans. just don't know. I'm not out on Farley or Raidens. They may be great players in the league, but for you to say – it's fine because it looks like he's hit with the rest of the draft. That's inaccurate because we don't know. Raiden's early returns, not good. Farley, as Hutton put it, very green right now. We don't know. Could be a great player, but we don't know. We're not out on them, but you're foolish if you're all the way in on them also. Yeah, just because the Titans drafted them doesn't make them starters immediately and doesn't make them great because John Robinson put his blessing on this player. No, absolutely not. And even Robinson's better draft classes, you wouldn't have identified them as that good at the end of their first training camp. This is a team that takes their damn time. I will say this about Fitzpatrick's potential for getting claimed. This is from uh, Nathan Jonke, one of the PFF guys. And this was, uh, is today the 31st? This was this morning. He said, another indication of how deep the league is at wide receiver. There have been multiple wide receivers already cut today that people have said will be players other teams will look at. Not all that many teams that will be looking at wide receivers since most teams have a lot of depth there. So this was before today's cuts, the the most of the cuts in the league a sense around the league that most teams feel pretty good at wide receiver and that there were already That's... players out there that would be taken. Another reason why the, the idea that Fitzpatrick would be looked at That's isn't fine. a popular one. That's fine. 
the Titans currently have eight wide receivers on their 62-man roster. they like better. And they're well, ninth they at best. Their ninth is their fourth-round draft pick who they just cut. No, I know. Uh, but so they have if, seven. if you're not worried about wide receiver because wide receivers are so deep on the waiver wire right now, then keep a couple of other positions handy and let a couple more of these receivers go if you think you're getting them back on the well, practice I, squad. I think they think that they're getting Kinsey and Fitzpatrick back on the practice squad. And like you said, I think if they lose Fitzpatrick, they don't care. They're all right. With That's, that, yeah, exactly right. I That's think what they have saying. seven, though. Jones, Brown, Reynolds, Johnson, Rogers, NWI, and Bats. And McMath, who's the eighth. McMath is on COVID. Yeah. yeah. So but right I, now, I don't, on the 62-man roster that they have, yeah, they have eight 62. receivers. I don't think McMath makes it either um, and would go, to, would go to the practice squad. He's a gunner. I, I don't know if you dedicate a, a, one of your 53 positions to gunner. It also is a, a, a bonus, a, a good thing that they are as deep as they are at wide receiver. It's a miracle. That, that they have a fourth-round pick who sucked in camp, who they didn't qualify as a top 62 player on their 90-man roster and that they're willing to cut four months after initially joining the facility. Well, I will say, like, if your convention made a mistake, go ahead and wash your hands. Here's the thing. I think we touched on this earlier this week, but let's, let's hit it again. Yep. And there may be another example that you can think of. Dane Crookshank is another example. They traded up for Dane Crookshank, all right? Now, they've gotten more out of Dane Crookshank than they're going to get out of, out of Fitzpatrick, probably. But Dane Crookshank was the last guy in a pot of safeties that they had. And they thought, well, we need to get one of the guys out of this pod because we think this pod is better than the next pod. And maybe Fitzpatrick was the same way. I suspect he was, right? This is the last receiver in this group of receivers that we like. And if we don't get one of these guys, then we have to wait for the no, next group. And we Monty don't like Rice the next the group. We don't yeah. like the next group as much. Well, this system seems to be failing. The trade up to get the last guy in the pod. Just off these two examples, you've given up. I don't remember how many picks they gave up to come and get Dane Crookshank. They gave up three picks to come and get Des Fitzpatrick. This could be five or six picks we're talking about that you've given up to get these two guys, and these two guys are not good on, on the evidence. We have limited oh, evidence on right. Fitzpatrick. Maybe he goes somewhere and he's great. Crookshank's always hurt, and he's not been particularly impressive. He had one good game of note, right? The Baltimore playoff game, he was a player in that game in a, in a wrinkle that they put in, right? Mm -hmm. So he's a factor for that one big game in franchise history. Outside of that, he's really done nothing. And he's, he's a scratch more often than he's a player. Yes. So I would say to John Robinson, this is a bigger, deeper layer. This thing where you trade up to get a guy who might be the last guy in the group. Oh, we've got to get one of these safeties. Oh, we've got to get one of these wide receivers. Doesn't seem to be working. Maybe the first guy in the next pod is actually better than you think he is. You're not grouping the pods well enough. This, this is something that seems to me to be begging for reevaluation. So uh, we don't take calls right now on the show, so I'm getting pissed off just reading the chat, which is good oh, for good, the show. Good. So I'm going to bring a little yeah. bit of the spirit of a bad phone call in. Uh, Matt Addison continues to say on Twitter, oh, come on, guys, you expect a first-round pick to start? Yes! Oh, you can't expect, you can't expect yes, draft Matt. picks to start. Every first-round draft he's pick should said, start oh, opening so, day. Oh, so Simmons sucks because he didn't start opening no, day. Simmons was an exception. They knew he was hurt. He lasted to 19 Simmons had he was an hurt. ACL, and he started in week seven. Let me also give everybody a little bit of a, of a, of a shocking statement about Simmons. He's not as great as you think he and is. You're right. Th this, this mythology about Jeffrey Simmons is mind-boggling to me. That guy should disrupt the quarterback more than he does. Here's, he is a big guy, and for whatever reason, Titans fans, because he's Big Jeff, just think that he's awesome. He's well, here's not. why. Here's why. He is a decent player in the NFL. He is not first-round difference maker quality right now. He needs to improve. He this is why, you, this is why they think that, though. It's because they draft him at 19. And initially, he's top five, top five talent, but he's hurt. Well, and he's going to replace Jarrell. He's got a top five pick. He's not top so, five talent. Aaron Donald is top five talent. But that's, that's the mentality that the fans have talent. when he's drafted. Same with Caleb Farley. Can you believe he fell to 19? This guy is the first 22. corner off. The, or tw sorry, uh, uh, Simmons was 19. Yeah. You're right. Uh, can you believe he fell to 22? Because this guy's uh, the, the top corner hunting. off the board, if, if not for the, the, the back issue. 
and he clearly checked out medically, so the Titans got another top 10 pick well, when they, they select late in the first Jeffrey late, late Simmons, the first here's the other That's thing. the mentality the that they're thing. taking with these guys. Jeffrey Simmons is very good at what he's very good at, right? Sure. Put him in a, in a goal, uh, line. goal line yeah. situation. Put him on a fourth and one. He's terrific. But yes, and then the philosophy, I wrote this, uh, uh, guys, the philosophy Terrell Williams says as the defensive line coaches, you can't expect him to win if he's doubled. Nobody wins if they're doubled. Aaron Donald wins double. Trust me, because Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald is always well, double. Again, you, you drafted him injured because he's top five talent that happened to fall. So that is a guy who's talent. doubled that can still do something when you're saying that. Caleb Farley. If Caleb Farley starts midway through the season and goes on to be an all-pro, great. Yes. Good pick. We'll applaud you for seeing something in Caleb Farley and saying, that's a guy who was injured that we took a chance on that went on to be a lockdown corner. I'm all for that happening. But this defense of the Dylan Radens pick right now, Dylan Radens was drafted at tackle, a spot you whiffed on the year before with Isaiah Wilson. It is a position of need where Kendall Lamb, who's not very good, is the projected starter. Dylan Radens, if you draft a tackle in the second round, should be a starter on day one. And if he's not... He damn sure better be a starter by week four. And if he's not, by God, please tell me he's not a backup guard <laughs> coming out of training camp when you drafted him to be a tackle. That is a failure. Well, I'm not calling Dylan Raiden's career over because he's a backup guard right now, but based on the information we have right now, let me list off the failures. Des Fitzpatrick trading up to get him. Dylan Raiden's not being able to crack the guard rotation <laughs> when he was drafted as a right tackle. And Caleb Farley not being a day one starter. And if he's not a day one starter because of injury, he better be a starter quickly. These are simple concepts to understand for, what's his name again? Matt. Matt. And anyone else that has a Titans avatar well, on your YouTube profile. I think Farley can still, I mean, he may be a great pick. I think he's, I love what he has. I'm surprised he's as rusty as he is. I'm surprised that the running thinking or the excuse amongst the media is, well, A, he hasn't played football in a long time, and B, he hasn't played corner for that long. Nobody was talking about these things when he was drafted. The only thing about him being drafted was it's gonna take a while for him to get back from the back. And I think he's made steady progress, and I think he should be in the lineup within a month. And, and I think Christian Fulton may help him get there because to me, Christian Fulton is very up and down. And they can be deep at corner with Speaking guys who are athletically gifted. Pick. There's another high pick that I mean, has not been good we enough We can't yet. continue yes. to just Well, we haven't it's, seen him enough. It's, again, we're doing this. This is the problem, is we get blinded. You know, I, I brought the quote earlier from The Ringer about, you know, it's Stockholm Syndrome when you are presented with fact after fact after fact and you just have unceasing levels of optimism and positivity about it. I get the fact the Titans are good right now. Despite some you, of You this. should be happy that the Titans are good right now, and I believe, I firmly believe, I'm wearing sort of a Titans color today. Uh -oh. uh, I didn't do that on purpose, but I'm here to tell you they are a Super Bowl contender this year. But these issues we're talking about... Flagship loves you for you, that color. You will, you will come back... Yes, I'd fit right in, just with the shirt color, not in any other way, personality-wise. <laughs> you... Because I'm good. Um, you, it, when, when you do this, you're eventually going to pay the price. That's the point that we're bringing up here. You may be good now, and everyone is blinded through the lens of, we're good right now, what's your problem? J-Rob's done a good job, and he has done a good job in a number of areas. But Isaiah Wilson, if Caleb Farley doesn't pan out, Dylan Radens, the off-season acquisitions a year ago, Des Fitzpatrick, Nick here, Nick there, cut here, gaping wound over here. They come back to bite you in the you-know-what. And it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And this is what we are warning Titans fans of. Be excited you're good right now. But you also can't overlook the fact that they are swinging and missing way too much. Someone Clowny Beasley, add them to the list because well, that was financial cost sunk. And I, Excuse me, I forget who it was in the YouTube chat, but they said uh, J-Rob is like a, a, common, a common day or a present-day Major League Baseball hitter. It's either a home run or a strikeout. <laughs> Right, he's swinging for the fences every time. Three no, there's mean, no doubles. That's being, not true. There's not enough doubles being. I hit. mean, he Simmons is a double. Nate Davis is a double. I mean, we we can go through this roster and 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 pinpoint yeah, singles got and doubles. Uh, 
But it, and look, where he's made his home runs is what he inherited, and AJ Brown, what, uh, and other veterans. Now, I mean, they they have what six or seven players that you would put up there as top players in the league at their position. Not very top, but among the first names you're mentioning. I mean, Derrick Henry, AJ Derrick Brown. Henry, Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, Taylor Lewan, um, Julio Jones. I mean that. You go through their roster, they have the pieces in place to make a run for it this year. They don't have enough of those guys on defense. They, they need those players to step up on defense, and that's where the draft comes in. They, that's where the draft work is going to pay off or really cripple this team because they need Christian Fulton to be a top-end talent for them. They Bug need Dupree. Caleb Farley to be able to get lined up properly. Far too often, uh, he'll line up to one side of the field. There's a diamond formation on the opposite side, and man – and he's got to get over there. I mean, the guy the guy struggles right now to just get lined up properly. He's he's very green. That needs that needs work and it needs to be be something that they can get corrected quickly because athletic athletically the guy can line up and cover. Um, the question is is he going to be able to fit this defense and and have the nuance to it. Elijah Molden, solid pick uh, from the jump here. Rashad Weaver had a really strong camp in preseason. He should play a factor for this defense as well. Beyond that, they need the second and third year players that they've invested in to step up and be key cogs and be the nucleus of this defense that that they invested in, that they, they put their chips in the middle of the table with. Joseph on the, on the uh, Twitter chat says he thinks that we are way over, uh, way underestimating or he's commenting to other people that are way overestimating how often teams whiff. Here's the thing about teams that whiffing. Hold on, we're overestimating how often it happens? He said, I also think these guys are way overestimating how often teams whiff. Whiffs happen all the time. Whiffs happen all the time, but they don't happen like this. Fourth-round picks don't get caught after training camp. You don't give up on Fourth them. round picks whiff. Yes. In year two, you start to say, boy, this guy really doesn't seem to be developing. And then he doesn't make the team in year three. Or right now, the, the accelerated scale, you see some guys being cut today who were third, fourth, fifth rounders last year. Mm -hmm. Des Fitzpatrick is the highest. I haven't gone through it yet. Earlier today, it was out. He was the highest draft pick cut today. He probably will be the highest draft pick cut today. You're not accounting for the pace of the whiff. Getting cut before you get a chance to play in a game is a very fast whiff. Most guys get a chance to be in uniform and to play at least on special teams or to be a situational player who gets targeted a couple times, in the case of a Des Fitzpatrick, you would get a chance to be targeted late in a blowout, uh, one way or the other, you're winning or you're losing. You would get a chance in your rookie season to dress for three or four games, right? And then you'd get a chance at a second camp and you'd see what you could do and you might get cut going into your second season. That would be a whiff. That would be a bust. This guy's a year ahead of that. So we, we're not underestimating how many whiffs there are. We know the facts of the draft. But getting, not getting into the, onto the roster your first year as a fourth-round pick who's drafted uh, before 120, 110, that's a whiff of a different caliber. Well, and I think that uh, when I get frustrated or angry, the message can get uh, missed or watered down. I don't. I like John Robinson. I like the job he's done. I think you get the benefit when you are the general manager of one of the best teams in the NFL. You should get the benefit of that, and he should. He gets the benefit of that. My point is that you heard it here first. It's August 31st, 2021. In week three or four, when Kendall Lamb is a turnstile against someone and Ryan Tannehill is getting blown up and Dylan Radens is a backup guard at that point, that is a problem that's going to get you hurt in a good year, which this should be a good year. But more importantly, it's really going to get you hurt down the line. Missing on Isaiah Wilson is something that is going to have long-term ramifications. When you combine that, if they end up missing on Raidens or he's not ready to play and be productive early in his career at right tackle, you still have a gaping hole at right tackle. 
when you do things like trade up to draft a receiver in the fourth round and he can't make it to week one of season one, there are going to be long-term ramifications for that. My only point is for Titans fans to not be blinded by the moment you're in right now and think everything is okay. That security blanket is, I guess, fine if you think it keeps you warm at night, but they're going to pay the price. I'm going to pick up on it's what Chad's happen. saying. Look, they, they've been a good to very good football team. They just came off AFC Championship game appearance, uh, uh, followed up by AFC South title. So it's a good football team. They've won despite some of these things. They won last year despite playing their third string left tackle. They won last year despite whiffing on their first round draft pick. They won last year despite whiffing on Vic Beasley and really flailing with Jadevian Clowney. They're going to do things this year despite having a hole with their fourth round draft pick and despite Dylan Radens not being ready to play. Despite, 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 like Chad saying, those things add up and in time it hurts you and you keep having to make moves to make up for the moves that didn't pan out. Think how good this team could be if Isaiah Wilson wasn't picked in that slot and they picked somebody really good in that slot like you should do. Say they picked a really good right tackle there. Then all of this Quesenberry, um, uh, Raidens, uh, they didn't have to pick Raidens in the second round this year because they had a solid right tackle and, uh, and uh, Sam Brilo didn't have to be re-signed because they had Quesenberry and on and on. And all these things fall in line where you could go address something else. And the third pass rusher would be better because they could have spent more value on that because they didn't need to do this stuff at right tackle and on and on and on. I think it's also important to point out that while fans are eager to make excuses for Caleb Farley and Dylan Radins, there are no excuses needed for Elijah Molden and, and Weaver. Props to them for showing up and winning roster spots and in some cases starting roles. Uh, in, in Elijah Molden's case, there's a chance that we'll start in a nickel defense. We'll see them start in a nickel yeah. defense. Uh, we're, we're, we're not concerned about the nickel corner spot. Caleb Farley is given a grace period here because Christian Fulton didn't have to work inside this preseason because they knew they had their guy in Elijah Molden. We're not worried about Wyatt Ray as, uh, and, and worried about depth at the pass rusher position. We can worry about Bud Dupree and his availability and what we'll really see in the first month or so of the season, but he came off PUP fairly quickly. My point there is you feel pretty good about the young athleticism of Rashad Weaver, which they desperately need at that spot behind Harold Landry and behind Bud Dupree. So you feel better about the depth there. You feel solid about their nickel corner spot. And that's because they didn't have to work Fulton inside where you need Caleb Farley starting on the outside where we had. That's the way the draft panned out. That's what we thought after round one. We had Fulton kicking inside with Jackrabbit Jenkins on one side and Caleb Farley in the other. And now because they hit on Elijah Molden, they don't have to worry about that. They have interchangeable pieces. Just pick a tackle at right tackle. Kendall Lamb, Quisenberry, or Sembrilo. To me... Flip a coin, yeah, pull a name out of the hat. I mean, they're all pretty much the same guy. It, if you have three guys you're selecting from, you really don't have one that stood out. That's an issue at the right tackle spot. And some of that's because uh, of injuries and the mix and, and matching that's been going on. Put but they quickly, moved, they quickly removed uh, Raidens from that battle and said, you know what, let's, let's have him focus inside, outside uh, in, in preseason games and learn a couple of different positions because he's going to be the swing guy instead of a starting quality player for us anytime soon. That, maybe that, that turns out to be in their favor because they don't have depth on the interior offensive line right now, and they need a swing guy desperately. Um, but as we start the season, they have an interchangeable piece at right tackle. They're going to need to slide protections to the right side, and their second-round pick isn't going to potentially even – I think he's active, but potentially he's not going to see the field for a while. So – on one hand, you have qualities of starting caliber t talent in the draft. On the other hand, your top picks are watching from the sideline. More takeaways from the 53 and the initial 62-man roster for the Titans and the timetable for some of those players and coaches to return. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hang with us.
Outkick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour rolls on. Coming up, the Outkick 360 parlay with FanDuel.com slash OK360. That's coming up in about 10 minutes. Paul, who are some of the players that make, and I'm going to refer to this as the 62-man Titans roster because of the players on the COVID-19 reserve list that don't count against the 53. So it's a 53 plus nine. Yes. Um, who are the players that benefit from the plus nine? Who saved today, for instance, that you think was really on that fringe? One would be uh, a quarterback. They keep both backup both, quarterbacks. Both quarterbacks. Uh, Daniel Munyer is absolutely at, saved. Aaron Brewer yes. needs some time yes. to get going. I think they could cut Munyer tomorrow for a waiver claim if they, they, if they like well, an interior offensive lineman. I should also mention Munyer. Munyer could also go on IR tomorrow. He was hurt in the preseason game. Yeah, he, and he was not dressed today for practice. Uh, he, he was off injured. Uh, but at Munyer should have no future. Listen, it wasn't just that Munyer snapped poorly for a long time. Munyer got pushed back mm -hmm. consistently in all three games. Munyer topped out last year. Munyer's not good. Brewer will be good, should be good. They waited on, on Brewer, who got hurt early in the offseason. Um, and he's back now. He spoke to us today. He's excited. That's an upgrade on depth. Look, of the nine guys on uh, the COVID IR, Tannehill's definitely on the roster. Landry, Ben Jones, Jeff Swain. Four are definitely on the roster. McNichols, questionable. March Lillard, definitely not. Mm -hmm. DeZubnar, questionable. McMath, I think not, but questionable. So they need at least five guys to go, right? And two, I think two are, at, at least two, are injured reserve possibilities with Crookshank and with Munyer. Chris Jones is one cornerback too many. I think he's been fine, but he's the last cornerback. I agree. McDougald. Bri what about Brady Breeze? Brady Breeze. Sergeant, if you're bringing uh, McNichols off, but that'd be a one for one. Uh, Munyer, I mentioned. Let's also, hey, Those let's are the also, main ones. Let's also mention the scenario that we threw out there yesterday. I would not be concerned one bit about Jeremy McNichols or Makai Sergeant clearing waivers if no. you wanted them back. So you could, and you you could, could go save down. two roster spots by cutting them both. You could have Kari Blasting game. For, I mean, and people may scoff at this. You could have him as a backup running back if Darrington Evans you could be, is not available. You He's could be another putting IR him on candidate. IR tomorrow. So there's so three IR candidates that? of we the said. five spots that you need. The injured reserve Blassing list game? is going to save a lot of these guys. Who are the other two we said? Blassing game, um, Crookshank. Oh, Blossing Game's not he's, – he's on the roster. No, but for IR tomorrow, we could see Blossing Game, we could see Crookshank, and we no, could see No, I don't think Bla Blossing Game's on the roster. He's not going no, to I'm IR. I'm saying tomorrow we could see them on IR. Not blasting Blossing game. Game's not, not blasting game. Paul. Sorry, not blasting game. Um, uh, that's what I'm saying. saying. Who who do we just say we could see on IR tomorrow? So, uh, Darrington Evans. 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 Crookshank and Munyer. Sorry. Yeah. Those are yeah, the so three. three of the five spots. Yeah. Blasting game's on the roster, and he could be a. Uh, he could a, be running back two. If you if needed, you needed him, him, take care. He could running back three for this sure. This is an emergency scenario where if something happens with Henry. Running back three. Where's uh, the Where's the patience level with Evans right now? We talked about it with Crookshank and injuries. I don't know. That's a great question because uh, I don't know. I'd like know. to know where if the I mean, he's on the roster. He's on him. the roster. Um, yeah, but he's you know we, it's it's tough to really grade him because he was hurt the majority of last season, uh, and first preseason game he hobbles out of bounds early in that game. I don't think he looked particularly great when he was healthy in terms of the zoom third round that pick, I thought he had. Evans. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he's got more time. Yeah, and he's been hurt. See, that's uh, the kind I, of guy I, I, we're talking about. Christian Fulton. That's yeah, the kind of guy we're talking about, right? If Evans turns out to be a whiff, it'll be after this year doesn't pan out, right? Two years of a third-round pick being hurt a lot and not being available, that'd be a whiff. But that's a way different thing than a fourth-round pick not making the roster as a rookie. See right. how those are two vastly <laughs> different things? Yeah, you're right. Apologies if you guys mentioned this, but I'm just saying it right now. The Patriots released Brian Hoyer. Oh, I have not seen that, no. From Albert Breer right now. So they're claiming a quarterback. Um, they got rid of what's-his-name. They only had three quarterbacks, right? Well, I thought That could be a Stidham, roster manipulation. They could resign him. They could resign him tomorrow. Like, they could have done what I proposed with Marcus Johnson because he's not – he can't be claimed, right? He well, can be signed. Look, I, so they could say, hey, we need a day to keep a guy to put him on IR tomorrow, and then we'll resign you tomorrow. This, this goes back to – 
my thought on certain positions at backup at a backup level you need them vaccinated because of the protocols in place if he's not you've got to have a number two quarterback that's available to you on game day and based on the protocols and how they read there's no guarantee because of the contact tracing policy where you sit out you sit out immediately keep in mind i go back to this cam newton never tested positive for COVID 19. he missed a full week of practice and it it gave it handed Mac Jones the starting job. And it wasn't for contact tracing even, it was for it was just a, violation, a of, violation of the testing policy. Yeah, so so with that in mind and the contact tracing that's happening right now with Carson Wentz, he's been contact traced, which tells you he's unvaccinated. Your backup quarterback must it, based on the rules and the protocols, he's gotta be vaccinated for him for you to be able to rely on him for an emergency scenario on game day. You don't want to get to a city in a, uh, on a Saturday and all of a sudden a guy pops for a contact trace that happened on Friday before he jumped on the plane. It could be Again, that. You disagree with the policy all you want. The policy is the policy. I don't know if, and I was mentioning Hoyer as, as a better backup option for Cam Newton. We know Cam Newton's unvaccinated. I don't know the status of Brian Hoyer. It could also be what I'm saying, like they could cut him for a day to keep somebody on the roster for a day that they then put on temporary IR yeah, who you and know, then sign him back. Yeah, you're right. Because he's vested. And, and because so you know he wants to be there. Right. And he's not going to find a better situation after being with you well, that's camp. A, yeah, so that's meant. a possibility. So there are several possibilities. Or they could, you know, be claiming somebody. Or and Paul mentions that because you can do that with him because he doesn't have to clear waivers as a vested, vested vet. Right. Um, he's immediately a free agent. And if you have an agreement in place that you're bringing him back, the vested vets can agree to that. You're saying just give me a day to help yeah. me manipulate the roster. Yeah, and you don't have to clear waivers, so you're not worried about another team signing him if you know you're bringing him back in 24 hours. Uh, interesting gamesmanship there, and that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Coming up, the 360 parlay and some thoughts on the Tennessee Volunteers in preparation for Bowling Green, starting with quarterback Joe Milton. That's straight ahead on Outkick 360. Outkick 360's daily parlay with FanDuel.com. Time to get rich. Paul Kuharski, your honor. Ariel Epstein is a follow of mine. Uh, I like the betting advice that she gives, so I've stolen two-thirds of this from her. Keegan Aiken will not strike out five batters tonight for degrees. the Orioles. 100 degrees. Um, and the Braves I'm go under one. are going to win by two <laughs> against the Dodgers tonight. Morton has good history here. I threw in a Yankees money line to get it up to plus 353. Yankees have won th lost three in a row. Got to get back on the snide. Payout, 22.69 on a $5 bet. We're going to have a big night with this one. Time to make it happen. I'm looking forward to the day that Keegan Aiken has a 0.5 over under on strikeouts. I'm going to tease that and down. Gonna go minus, tease it down. Yeah, under one strikeout. Tease it down. Hun's going to go the under yeah. on the 0.5. Yeah, bet, <laughs> bet, bet 500 to win a dollar. Uh, some news across the NFL. Brian Hoyer, backup quarterback, cut today by the New England Patriots. That's the second quarterback they've released. They released Cam Newton earlier this morning. And Malcolm Butler, it has been placed on the retired list, the retired reserve list by the Arizona Cardinals. That's important to keep in mind here in this Tennessee Power Hour uh, because the former Titan has retired. And also, he was slated to start for the Cardinals against the Titans in nine days or 10 days, 11 days, whatever it might be. I don't know. Sunday, a week from uh, Sunday. A week from Sunday, yes. Uh, the, the season kicks off in nine 12 days. 12 days. The season kicks off in nine days. Yeah, 12 days. Uh, yes, so week one. Malcolm Butler, not going to be a part of the Arizona Cardinals. Things just got easier for A.J. Brown and or Julio Jones. Paul, it, just, yeah. for, it reminds me, during the Tennessee Power Hour, we're talking about days till the kickoff, the confusion. Have we figured out the 10 days yet on Mike He's Brable? back tomorrow. Okay. Which is the 11th day. After 10 days. Okay. So that was your question. It's 10 yeah. plus 1. Right. After 10 so days. Now, days now we out, can start doing the math the for Tannehill and, and everyone else. Uh, and should also point this out. Just ask Sal. Uh, mention, mentioning the, uh, the unvaccinated <laughs> versus the vaccinated players, the protocols in place. If you're an unvaccinated player and you're released, you, it's no different than if you claim that player or if you sign that player, it's a five-day period of testing out in order to join the roster. If you're a vaccinated player, you need one negative test to go to the facility. Uh, all of this plays a huge factor right now across the league. Chad, it is also uh, this time of this particular offseason, 
where I think everyone in Knoxville, and, and I think everyone would agree, that we don't have Jarrett Garantano starting the season for the Tennessee Volunteers, uh, no matter who it is, and we know it's Joe Milton, no matter who won that battle, I was thankful that it was not JG starting against Bowling Green. You miss him. Your confidence level, though, in Joe Milton as he takes the field as the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Volunteers on Thursday is? Hutton, you could have been named the starter, and I would have felt better about that than Garantano <laughs> taking a single snap for Tennessee in, the, in, this, uh, in this game in the season. Um, so Joe Milton, I, I thought that uh, Joe Rex wrote at The Athletic did a good profile of him uh, today. And really got into the story of him at Michigan, him growing up in Central Florida, in the Orlando area, uh, how highly touted of a prospect he was, how much that Michigan coaching staff loved him uh, when he got there. And then where things went south last year after an opening night win against Minnesota where he was electric through the air and on the ground. Something I did not realize about last season, he had a thumb injury uh, that they did not report throughout the year. And in this oh. article, he talks about he doesn't, Joe Milton's not quoted in it, but his, I guess, quarterback coach, sort of his liaison from high school that he still meets with once a week on Zoom to go over film, said that he couldn't feel the ball, that he couldn't feel his thumb. And that affected his passing, obviously, a year ago. But he still had games where he threw for over 300 yards, even with the thumb injured a year ago. Um, if you're a Tennessee fan, I think that encourages you a little bit more. Because of the up-and-down play, that should explain some of that at Michigan. I think that Josh Heupel's knowledge of Joe Milton, recruiting him right there next door at UCF, the way he was going to utilize him there and utilize him in his offense, I think does serve as an advantage for Tennessee because Joe Milton hadn't been there that long. He hasn't been around the offense that long. I mean, he was studying it before he got to campus, but um, I just found that interesting. Also, Joe Milton... He's got three years of eligibility left. He's already got a Michigan degree. He has three years left? He's got three years of eligibility. He has a Michigan degree already. Michigan's easier than I thought. So he's, the, the, his coach has said, he'll always be a Michigan man. I told him, you use that school the way they use you. Go get your degree quickly. So he's got a Michigan degree. He's in graduate school at Tennessee, which I had no idea. But his advisors hmm. see this as a one and done. They believe Joe Milton is a first, second round type talent, and that now that he's in Josh Heupel's offense, he'll show that this year. They wow. don't see this as a long term thing. Now, he's got three years to play at Tennessee, but I think that his, and granted, we're talking about. there with a PhD. Yeah, you're, we're talking about a, kind of a handler yeah, from high school yeah. and the way they view it. That's, that's lofty goals, but they see Joe Milton at 6'5, 250 pounds, as Cam Newton in, at Auburn was 6'6, 250. I think he's 6'5", 245. But they see him as a future high draft pick at quarterback. So, again, good profile. I would say go read it at The Athletic. Joe Rexrow did good work with it. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I want to see him play. Let's start with Bowling Green. Let's ease into it against what should be a pretty bad defense and see how he plays in Josh Heupel's offense. Then the real test is going to come in week two because Pat Narduzzi at Pittsburgh will have a great off, a defense designed against Josh Heupel's offense, and that's where it gets real for Tennessee. Paul, we should also point out, um, and I look forward to reading that piece by Rex Road, by the way, at The Athletic. Um, we should point out that today is the first day in a couple handful of days where the Titans have not placed a player on the COVID-19 reserve list. Yeah. So that's a good sign. For a I team think there that's was about to... one blank day in there, and then Nate Davis yesterday. So, um, hopefully, they're they're trending the right direction. They These have Ben Jones placed there on up. Sunday. So yeah, I think, and then Nate Davis yesterday. So maybe there wasn't a blank day, but it's trending one day yeah, without. I mean, again, good. like it's just uh, every day you're looking for if there are another one or two players that are they're added to that list. Not the case today, so that that's good. Uh, we don't know about coaches. I should point that out. They're not sending a list out of coaches. Um, that's just us to, uh, up to the attendance takers. Like PK, have to go out there and. and I see didn't it for look themselves. at coaches Roll today call. because I was going as uh, hurry as hurriedly as we could through who, the roster. Yeah. So who was not out there today? That so every I'm assuming that every other player that we've gone through, other than the names you're about to give us, participated in practice today and then were cut after yeah. practice. Isn't that interesting? Yes. So three guys weren't there: Fred Brown, Jared Pinckney, and 
I'm going to forget who the other one was. But the back end of the e either roster. Either way, three guys. Not, so Des Fitzpatrick practiced today. Des Fitzpatrick practiced today. And see, that's key because it, it, people say, well, what does one practice mean? If he's injured, yeah, if, if anyone's it. injured, you, you either injury settle with them or you place them on injured reserve and they get their, they get their contract. So that, that's why it matters. If you know you're going to cut a guy, typically the team will go ahead and waive or cut that player ahead of a practice where you don't risk injury for a player that you know you're not going to be uh, paying on the roster. Yeah, anyway. I don't really understand. Cole Banwart was the other, the offensive lineman. So okay. Banwart, Brown, and Pinckney weren't there. Uh, everybody was this their else final was. chance to prove this, themselves? This cutlass. No. <laughs> I mean, in the, the rain. Why take I, why take I the had, chance of got, uh, him tearing his groin in practice? I had I Fitzpatrick at about twenty after two, and practice ended at two. Isn't so that, that means they're that, going straight to John Robinson. Well, isn't maybe they're foolish? hoping. Uh, this uh, I'm I'm, jo I'm joking here. Uh, if Des Fitzpatrick pulls a hamstring in practice, you can place him on injured reserve and keep him around longer for the year. Yeah, but there are seventeen guys they're hoping to pull a hamstring. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean, if I'm or, on that or, close to that cut list, I'm, I'm taking a dive <laughs> out there today. These wet conditions really got me, Coach. I think it's a meniscus. It was indoor. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was indoor. Well, that hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Turf coach, some water so, splashed in through this, that revolving this door. This air conditioning has got some condensation on the turf or something. I've really been slipping around a lot here. Well, here. You're a great roster guy you'd be. Yep. Hey, uh, shout out to uh, Dylan Taylor for sitting in for Lance Lee today. Great job. Uh, great job, Jakob Swanson. Did we as name well. our winner? David, yes, we did earlier Excellent. in the first uh, first part of the hour. David Reed, the chairman of the board, always flat out gets it done. And the controller of the AC. Uh, you guys liking the time? The move? Loving the time. Numbers have been very good. So far, our audience is liking the time, too, based yeah. on numbers we got and yesterday. Feedback and in I, the chat. I, I How predict was traffic yesterday? Good numbers chat. today as well. Traffic uh, going home? Yeah. Not as bad as I thought, considering it was a monsoon in Nashville. Yeah. I was home by, I think, 535. Pretty quick. We're going to put it to the test. We'll test today, too. We'll be back at it right. tomorrow. Uh, should point out tomorrow, John McClain will join us. Oh, yes. The Primary man. complaint tomorrow. And Dan Helley from NFL Network, oh, uh, he will be joining us during the Power Hour Look tomorrow. at this strong shirt game today. Quick, Tennessee, quick, ten Hold on. quick Tennessee Power Hour, Tennessee Vols NFL update. Jalen Hurd and Jawan Jennings both make the 49ers 53-man roster which is a big surprise. Chad rooted for them as a youth, and he shall root for them as an adult. Back at it tomorrow on OutKick 360. Please, don't block the box and do lock the locks. See ya! Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.